Requiem in Diyarbakir One hot night in September 2012, a group of around 70 middle-aged American citizens walked in a crowd through a labyrinth of narrow alleys in Diyarbakir in southeastern Turkey. The women were dressed elegantly in pearls, earrings, and big sunglasses. The men were more casual, in sweatshirts and tan or beige slacks, their sneakers and sandals clacking on the uneven bricks of the street. They exchanged curious glances with Kurdish men in baggy white shirts looking out from tea shops and small barbers' parlors. The three letters of the Kurdish guerrilla movement, the PKK, and the image of its mustachioed leader known as Apo, were stenciled on storefronts. The group paused to let an old man pulling a washing machine on a two-wheeled wooden cart go by. Then they stopped outside a gate set in an old stone wall next to an inscription, Diyarbakir, Armenian Church of St. Geragos, 1376. As they entered the courtyard, a small man with a glistening forehead, dressed in a dark suit and waistcoat, stepped forward. Welcome, my brothers and sisters. We are very glad to see you in your own country, your own city, said Osman Bedamir, the Turkish mayor of Diyarbakir. He grasped the hand of the equally smiling, bearded Armenian bishop from New York. Inside the tall church, three hundred people were squashed onto wooden benches. The mayor again welcomed the visitors from America. The first question is where the real owners of this place are now. Where are the brothers and sisters, Armenians, Syrians, where are they now, he asked. The time was coming, he said, when everyone, Kurds, Armenians, and Turks, would live together. Come back, come back again, he concluded stirringly in English. A ripple went through the crowd of Armenians. Of course, there was a political subtext in the mayor's words. By inviting the Armenians back, he was also advancing the cause of Kurdish autonomy in Turkey. Nevertheless, only a few years earlier, it would have been impossible to utter these words in Turkey. In the seemingly intractable issue of Armenian-Turkish relations, this was a gesture of reconciliation. For one night, at least, a group of Armenians had come home. The century-old question of the killing and deportation of the Armenians of the Ottoman Empire in 1915, the events that have come to be known as the Armenian Genocide, ranks as the longest and most bitter historical dispute still alive. It helps keep the Armenia-Turkey border closed. Parliaments discuss it and ambassadors are recalled. It largely defines the identity of the worldwide Armenian diaspora. The place of the Armenian question in the world's consciousness has grown and diminished. The atrocities against the Armenians were extensively reported at the time in the newspapers and drew condemnation from leaders such as Winston Churchill and Woodrow Wilson. During World War I, the average American knew about the sufferings of the starving Armenians who were recipients of U.S. food aid. In May 1918, Theodore Roosevelt wrote, 
We should go to war because not to do so is really to show bad faith toward our allies and to help Germany because the Armenian massacre was the greatest crime of the war and failure to act against Turkey is to condone it. The central facts of the story are straightforward. The Armenians were an ancient people whose homeland was centered in what is now eastern Turkey. In 1913, there were up to two million of them in the Ottoman Empire. When World War I broke out, the Ottoman government ordered their mass deportation. A few years later, there was barely one-tenth of that number in Turkey, the rest having been exiled or killed. The survivors scattered either to eastern Armenia in the Caucasus or around the world.